Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, brothers and sisters, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and delving into the scriptures. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord and ask his blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, descend upon your people. We ask you to surround your people inwardly and outwardly with your comfort and protection, with your forgiveness for all those sins of which we deeply repent once again today. We repent, Lord God, and we recall, but we are not discouraged. Lord God, continue to give us new hope in your, your grace, your ongoing grace to be able to live our call to salvation. Help us to delve into your word today. Help us to hear its message, to live it, and to, and to effectively proclaim it. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading is from the Gospel of Luke. At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, Beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So the first thing to notice about that is, is Jesus telling us to be afraid or not to be afraid? Because he says, be afraid of those who destroy the soul. Be afraid. And then he says, do not be afraid. Obviously, Jesus and our Christian discipleship does not require that we be rid of the feeling of fear. But we wouldn't be human. It's the same thing about anger, you know. The scripture says, be angry and do not be angry. It, 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 anger by itself is neutral. It all depends. Are we getting angry at the right thing? And then what are we doing about it? Are we using the anger or is the anger controlling us? And same thing with fear. Fear is uh, to have fear over certain things or people is normal to being human. It would be a, a, a tremendously distracting and exhausting task to try to get ourselves not to feel fear, just as it would be not to feel anger or not to feel any number of other passions that God has put into our human nature. What Jesus is saying is direct it to the right thing and understand the difference between physical death and spiritual death. 
You know how I've told you before when it comes to certain types of temptations, the coward wins. Remember I've said that to you before? That if you know that there's an occasion of sin, that is a circumstance, a place, a person, a a situation where uh, you know from past experience that you're going to be strongly tempted in a particular direction, then you need to run away from that circumstance. And as much as you are capable of doing, get away quick before the temptation gains steam, before the snowballs start rolling down the hill and you can't stop it. Get away. The coward wins. Jesus says, be appropriately fearful of those things that could lead you to hell. Now, the devil is our primary adversary, but sometimes he sits back and laughs at us and watches as he watches us get into trouble all by ourselves. Beware of occasions of sin. Do not fear those who say that they're going to take away your possessions or even your life. Fear those who can allure you to compromise your conscience, those who will try to get you to sin. Worse, Jesus is saying here. That's worse than harm to our physical being or possessions. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body. The martyrs knew that. When it was a choice between saving your bodily life but betraying God or staying faithful to God and losing your bodily life, the choice for them was clear. doesn't mean they weren't afraid. It means they weren't afraid of the fear. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. Be afraid of the one who has the power to cast into hell. Now, brothers and sisters, in our day we've seen... And we are living under, right now, a government regime here in America that wants us to be afraid of the wrong things. Look what happened during the whole pandemic of the China virus, and we should call it the China virus. We had two different approaches. We had people who said, I'm going to be careful, but I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear or let the fear of this control my life. And then you had others, and they were backed up by Democrat governors in states that were completely locked down. And then you had people not on the basis of any scientific evidence whatsoever enforcing mask mandates, including on children. And then people that you saw people walking all by themselves outside in the open air on a sunny day with nobody around them wearing masks. Now, why was it that the other side, and I'm talking about the political other side, was so crazed about this? I fear for my life because I'm sitting next to somebody who's not vaccinated. Because they can't handle death, that's why. There's no faith system. You see a correlation, you study a correlation of the political affiliation of those who were just crazed about masks and, and, and vaccines. And you, co- and you correlate that. Pew Research has done uh, 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 some studies about this. You correlate that with how much a person believes in God, believes in the afterlife, reads the scriptures, prays every day, goes to church. You'll see the correlation is, is pretty clear. That the political alliance, Democrat alliance, of those who are 
acting in this, this irrational way, and have been for years, corresponds pretty closely with people who have little or no faith. Now, this is not a, we don't have absolute generalizations here, of course, but there is that trend. It's, un, it's unmistakable. Again, check out Pew Research. The point I'm making is that this command of Jesus not to fear those who kill the body doesn't just apply to somebody who's coming at you to, with a knife or a gun. It applies to circumstances. Don't be so afraid of things that you think are going to lead to physical death. Keep your focus on God. Seek His kingdom. Know that you have a God who has conquered death. Yes, we have a duty to be prudent. We have a duty to preserve our physical life and health. Do those things, but always within the bounds of reason. That's the point. Fear can lead us to irrational activity. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament. Fear is the abandonment of the hope of fear is the abandonment of the help that that reason brings. The abandonment of the help of reason. You think through certain things. And you can calm your own fears. You can live with those fears and not let them control your actions. How about with the efforts of the pro-life movement? We see now the effort of those who want to impose upon uh, state constitutions an unrestricted right to abortion or in their efforts to oppose pro-life laws, and a good number of states have implemented stronger protections for the unborn, as the Supreme Court now has said we have the constitutional right to do, the other side will respond with fear-mongering. And they will say, what this law is about is that you won't be able to get emergency medical help if you're pregnant and there's a complication. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to say to people, go ahead, sin. Kill these babies. You can kill your own baby. Don't worry about that. What you have to worry about is these, these anti-choice people who are going to deprive you of life-saving medical treatment. What does Jesus Christ say? Do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Be afraid of those who can cast into hell. These people are not just fear-mongerers. They are sin-mongerers. They are hell-mongerers. They are escorts to hell. These people who are championing abortion, who are apostles for the choice to kill a child. They use this technique. Now, it's fear-mongering that is not based in reason. Again, fear is the abandonment of the help that comes from reason. It's an abandonment of, of reason. Because that's not what these pro-life laws do. They don't deprive anyone of life-saving medical intervention. And the situations that would threaten one's life are exaggerated by these pro-abortion people anyway. That's number one. But number two is, why in the world would one listen to somebody who's justifying sin? Go ahead, kill the baby. That's your right. This is what these people are saying.
They are leading people to hell every day. Brothers and sisters, we in the pro-life movement preach repentance and lead constantly to the saving waters of Christ's forgiveness those who have had abortions. I am pastoral director of Rachel's Vineyard, pastoral director of Silent No More. We bring every day the forgiveness of God to those that have had abortions, even multiple abortions. They will be the first to say how dangerous the people are in our lives who would justify sin, who would make easy the path to destruction. Final point here is the tyrannical government that we see unfolding in the United States in the Democrat Party instills and wants to continue to instill fear in the people so that they can exercise more control. I'm not talking here simply in in, in some kind of of off-the-top-of-my-head way. You can study this very clearly in the pattern and the history of the political policies and commitments of this party. They will use, of course, several years ago, pandemics in order to control people's lives. And now they will use such things as climate change in order to start controlling what kind of light bulbs you purchase, what kind of cars you drive, what kind of stoves you cook with in your own home. This is not the kind of role that that our founders intended for government to have, controlling all these different aspects of our lives. They'll want to control our currency, digital currency. You know they're pushing digital currency now, whereby your purchases will be government centralized and the government will see every purchase that you made and if they don't like your particular ideology then theoretically they could shut off the that flow of money this might seem strange just look it up digital currency is coming about brothers and sisters do we have a government system here that is banking on our fears? If so, this particular passage of our Lord is more important than ever. Do not fear those who are going to instill in you all kinds of imaginary hype about the world coming to an end in 12 years, about the seas overflowing and washing away continents, the bizarre theories of the population control people from just a handful of decades ago are hilarious to read. Where they talk, they talk about the concentration of population being so intense on certain continents that, uh, that the, the earth will spin out of control, darkness will envelop the world, and continents will sink into the sea, people won't have the room to move about. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous then, it's ridiculous now. But what the mythology behind the population control was a few decades ago, the mythology behind climate control is now. In the name of climate change and some fabricated imaginary worldwide disaster right on the horizon, they're going to want to control your life. 
Again, the kind of cars you drive, the kind of light bulbs you buy. Don't give in to that kind of irrational fear. Do not. Keep the focus where Jesus says it should be. Avoiding occasions of sin. Avoiding people who lead us to sin. Avoiding the situations where we know we have so easily fallen into sin in the past and want to do so no longer. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask you to give us sanity. We ask you to enable us to pay more attention to reason than to fear. We ask you, Lord, for us to, pay, to help us pay more attention to our spiritual good, even than our physical safety. Lord, help us to implement all the, the duties that we do have to preserve our safety, our health, and our life. But Lord, let us always do so within the bounds of reason and let us test vigorously what we hear from others, especially others who are in authority. Let us test it against solid evidence, human reason, and above all, faith. Faith in you. Faith in you who are our ultimate security. Bless us as we continue to serve you today and advance the gospel of life. Lord, please prevent people from choosing abortion. Prevent the messages of fear-mongering from the pro-abortion groups that are selling this procedure, benefiting off, profiting off of our fear. Enable us to defend life. Not only to convert minds and hearts, but to put public policies in place that will give legal protection to our youngest brothers and sisters. Lord, we lift up to you the intentions of all of us who are watching now, the intentions that have been voiced and those that are in the silence of our hearts. We pray for one another. Hear our prayers, answer our needs, and bless us now as we pray in the words Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And friends, let's pray this prayer in honor and thanksgiving for John Paul II, whose feast day is October 22nd. Father and Lord of life, your Son Jesus Christ conquered the power of death, by his own death and resurrection, and made us the people of life, called to proclaim, celebrate, and serve the gospel of life. We praise you for the gift of life, this first and most fundamental gift you give us, and the foundation of all our other rights. We thank you for raising up St. John Paul II, the Pope of life, and for his teaching and witness to life's value. Grant that we may respond to his call, to bring an end to abortion, euthanasia, and all assaults on human life, and to unite 
in a great campaign in support of life, bring us a culture of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, thanks for joining me. Let's continue to, as many of you tell me that you do, uh, invite others to come and watch these scripture reflections. And of course, you can always see them, uh, uh, previously recorded ones. We always keep them posted on the various platforms on which you watch them and also at the website, thebibleandabortion.com. Uh, some people uh, who are not using social media nevertheless can watch them on that page, thebibleandabortion.com. God bless you. We're praying for you every day. Our whole team here at Priest for Life is doing so. Pray for us too, and we will talk to you soon. Dear young people, I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hello friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. On October 22nd, we observe the feast day of St. John Paul II, the Pope of Life. And here at Priests for Life, we have a novena starting on October 14th. And we invite you to say a daily prayer in thanksgiving for John Paul II, which you can find at prayercampaign.org. I'm going to pray that prayer with you now. And in the presence of this beautiful relic, which is some of his blood, on a piece of the last cassock he wore. This was given to us by Cardinal Stanislaw Jeevish, who was his personal secretary throughout his pontificate. So we in the pro-life movement especially look to John Paul II for continued encouragement and prayers and, of course, teaching from his beautiful document, Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. Let's pray now in honor of this great saint, the Pope of Life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father and Lord of life, your Son Jesus Christ conquered the power of death by his own death and resurrection and made us the people of life, called to proclaim, celebrate, and serve the gospel of life. We praise you for the gift of life, the first and most fundamental gift you give us, and the foundation of all our other rights. We thank you for raising up St. John Paul II, the Pope of life, and for his teaching and witness to life's value. Grant that we may respond to his call to bring an end to abortion, euthanasia, and all assaults on human life, and to unite in a great campaign in support of life. Bring us a culture of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.